Hi, this is Amy Souter, your host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast and the Packers editor of Retail and Education and Produce Market Guide, PMG for short. We have with us today Robert Nichols of Giant Food. Welcome. Thanks, Amy. Good morning. Uh, you can call me Rob. Okay, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> so first, tell tell us a little bit about what you do for Giant Food. Um, give us a little bit of background. About yeah, it. sure. Uh, so I, I currently lead the produce floral team for Giant. So that includes the category management function, all the merchandising functions. So um, all the category management and uh, procurement for Giant Food. Uh, my background, I'd, I've been in the industry for oh boy, close to 30 years, um, have held all kinds of roles, started in the stores, um, and have worked through buying roles, category management roles, director, VP, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, with Giant and with another company. And I returned to Giant about, uh, about five years ago um, to kind of complete my career journey and, and a little bit of a homecoming, uh, coming back home to Giant and having the opportunity to lead produce and floral here. Great. So um, what what is it about Giant Foods produce departments uh, and floral departments that like how do you make it uh, a destination? I know with with all supermarkets, like a lot of time or at least, well, not all, but a lot of them, the produce department is kind of the differentiator. Um, Maybe not for places like as much Trader Joe's, which is known for all their snacks and um, yep. like packaged goods. But uh, but in general, it, that's kind of like the selling point. So how do you make, what do you do to kind of make it a destination for, to veer shoppers towards your stores? Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. Um, to me, it, it is the linchpin of the store, not just because I, I'm in produce and floral, but I believe that my whole career that people do make their shopping choice based on produce. And honestly, it, it's a lot of things. And it's a lot of things that Giant prides themselves on, that my team prides themselves on. And it starts with variety, uh, having an appropriate variety, not too much, but enough um, to satisfy basic needs and to to wow people with something a little different, something unusual, um, something unexpected. Um, certainly quality. Um, it's something that we are just hyper passionate about. Uh, from the the products we buy to the point they hit the shelves and our customers experience it in the store and at home, and then certainly uh, price value. Um, you know we're we're probably not going to be the cheapest guy in town, nor should we. We offer a better experience um, than most in our market, and it really is about that overall experience. It includes variety, includes quality, includes promotions, um, and includes our staff at store level and the education and training that they go through to be familiar with the products and be able to articulate. Uh, the merits, the challenges, the uses, um, the fun finds, all of those things really add up to to hopefully making us top of mind with the consumers in our market where they go for fresh produce. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely know just from people in my own neighborhood that everyone talks about this store is better at this and that store is better at this. And um, those are the selection and the quality, like number one above everything is quality, right? Um, if it, if you don't have that, then the rest is like moot. But- I agree. You know, and quality extends beyond the, the product quality. It really is the quality of cases, the quality of the facility, the quality of the people and experience. And it's, it's more than just, wow, this, you know, this lettuce looks really good, really fresh and crisp. These tomatoes are beautiful. It starts there. 
but if you you know you leave an impression if you've got old cases or you've got you know dirt and and the the store isn't cleaned properly if it's not signed properly um there's so many things that go into that experience and and we treat them all honestly with equal weight because if you miss on one of those pieces you're not going to be the destination you might be a fill in you might be an occasional um, but if you really want to be the destination where the customer has confidence that their trip is going to be worthwhile, they're going to have a good experience from the time they walk in the door to the time they get at home and enjoy the food. Um, it takes all of those things. And it's it's challenging. You know, it's challenging today. It's been challenging forever. Um, but that's part of the fun of it is, you know, how do you differentiate? How do you do all of those things better than everyone else? Yeah. So one of those things is uh, when it's in season and possible is sourcing local or regional. Um, so can you talk a little bit about Giant Foods um, partnerships with local farms? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we're in a, a pretty neat um, little East Coast breadbasket of of local farming. We have a, a, a thriving, vibrant local farm community. Many of them are small, but we do have some larger farms as well. Uh, but we're in a good area climate-wise, soil. Um, so it offers a, a lot of advantages. The disadvantage for us, you know, we're a traditional grocer. We're, we're a large company. Um, and it, it does make it challenging. Uh, some farms just honestly can't supply all of our stores. Um, so it, it's a challenge to kind of mix things in and to be able to manage. So we we do several different things. Um, certainly during the season, we put a heightened focus on that. So our buying team uh, really digs into local, our category managers, uh, build that into their plans. So everything from your regular sales plans, display plans and store uh, in stores to promotional planning um, and how we mix those products in. We have um, destination displays to really highlight local and let people know that it is local and local to us means the areas we operate in. So we don't stretch the boundaries into neighboring states or neighboring regions. When we, when we say local, we mean local. And I hate to use the term hyper-local because it's been overplayed to some extent, but it really is. We, we buy from farms where our stores sit, where our customers live. Um, and to me, that's that's meaningful. So the headquarters is based in Maryland. Is that Maryland? We're in Maryland. Yep, that is correct. We sit um, very near the, the D.C. border, so we're kind of centrally located to, you know, Maryland, DC, Delaware, and Virginia, uh, which again is, you know, a wonderful growing region. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, I mean, the combination of growing region plus some metropolitan densely populated markets, like a lot of customers in one spot. Yeah. And, you know, I, th I think that's really the key to local is, you know, there there is a, a connectivity in life and, and certainly in business and particularly in food. And I think today more than ever, people really want to know the the connective story. Like, where, where did this food come from? Where was it grown? Who was involved? Do I feel good about it? Does it align with my values? Is it meaningful to get produce from nearby as opposed to riding on a truck or rail? And I think, you know, many people really, really it's important to them, you know, that that connection to the products they buy and the foods that they eat are it's becoming more important. Um, and then it's so therefore becomes more important for us to deliver on those needs and those desires and, and what our customers want to see. And also the added benefit is we get to support our local community. And, you know, these farmers shop in our stores. Uh, so it's a very cyclical relationship mm -hmm. and, and it's it's pretty neat. How do you make local a focal point 
when you have it in the produce department and when you're remodeling or doing a grand opening, uh, what ways do you make local noticeable? Yeah, um, good question. And certainly it starts with the product. You know, we want the highest quality, freshest product. So, you know, to some extent it sells itself, but we we do highlight it. We get our marketing apart, uh, department involved. So we have marketing materials that are specific and, and really do um, call out the specific farms and farmers that we deal with to, to make it not only feel real, but to demonstrate that it is it is real and it is genuine. We use um, local displays. So we have in many stores, massive displays uh, that call out our local partnerships with local farms that includes, you know, display bins, um, signage, uh, you know, sprinkling in items here and there. And sometimes it's, you know, it's small, it's a, a little bit of squash. Um, and sometimes it's a lot, you know, it's bins of watermelons and bins of corn and local tomatoes. And you can really, you know, particularly during the, the height of the season, uh, midsummer is when it really comes to life. And that's honestly my favorite time to get out and visit stores and, and to see it um, and to watch people shop it almost like a, you know, a traditional farmer's market, which, which I love that, that sort of um, vision of the business. Yeah. Yeah. Like some merchandising have uh, those like wooden baskets or, or wooden boxes and things that yep. look a rustic and farm. We spend a lot of time on, on look and feel and, and it's challenging because we're, we're a traditional grocer. Um, so it's sometimes challenging for us to do, one-offs you know we have a brand identity that our that our customers come to expect and respond to and we strive for consistency in our stores consistency and quality offering placement so if a customer walks into a store near their work or near their home or a friend's home um, they it's consistent they know where to go for tomatoes they know where to go for canned soup um, and that's important because time is valuable and it, it again to me it helps the overall experience to have a consistent offer, even though we have many different footprints of stores, size, shape, um, we try to keep it um, consistent. And part of that consistency around local is make it big and, and make it visible and make it genuine when you come in the store. And to your point, using more organic materials, wood and wood look and the, the kinds of things that have a, a little bit more tactile uh, approach to the business and sort of elicit some emotion in addition to just the transaction of buying products. So even though you're not in the marketing and social media, but I, I assume that there's campaigns like through print. Ad, I mean, I don't know. Do you still do print ads? We do. Um, and that is honestly our broadest reach um, because we are, you know, promotionally um, it, promotions are important to us as a retailer. Yeah, um, it's how we reach our consumers. So we do a print ad, and we do highlight local in those ads. We run specific, um, you know, gate folds and specific sections in the ad to really call out local, not just produce, but across the store because there are many suppliers that supply goods to us in other departments. Um, produce, you know, obviously is is the focus. That's the one that people really think of when they think of local. Yeah, but we offer many others: um, drinks, you know, honey, etc. We have we have a lot of local goods throughout the stores. And our marketing department really um, dials that up when we get into the heart of the selling season. And to your point, um, social media as well. It's a great way to, to reach an, a broader audience and to be able to honestly communicate more. It's very difficult to communicate a lot in print. You have to be very you know, succinct and, and concise. <laughs> social media allows us to tell the story. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, in point of sale signage, sometimes I've seen sometimes there's a farmer photo or yep. a little story, but you, there's only so much space and and only so much time a shopper's going to stand there reading. Um, yeah, it, I think uh, somebody in marketing told me years ago, it's, you know, it's basically 10 words or less <laughs> is about all you get. So you've got it. You've got to really um, communicate and, and grab them quickly with whatever message that is. And, and I think a lot of times local can feel um, disingenuous and there may be some skepticism around it. And that's why we've really we've really focused on what local is, not just what we're communicating, but what it is to us. And, you know, I talked about that local to us is is local. It's it's the states that we operate in. It's the states that, you know, our customers live in. And that's to me, that's important. And, and that is an important distinction Um I believe when when you look at other retailers and how local is is treated and positioned, um, it's it's a very genuine approach from us. Oh, you mean disingenuine? Like there's no set rule or geographic distance that defines local. There's no standard about that, so you can. Yeah, and I, I think you know other retailers they operate perhaps in broader markets, and and there are challenges, and everybody has their own go to market, um, and that may work quite well for them. Um, many will stretch to neighboring states, neighboring areas. And again, that's okay if the customer accepts that and and accepts that as local. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say there's a right way and a wrong way. Um, my belief is that it, it's more important or it's more genuine to offer products that are literally grown in the communities in which our customers live. Um, and it, it may be a different approach. It might just be a, a version of the same approach. But I really enjoy. I'm I'm proud to say when when we say local, we mean local. Mm. So it's specific to what state and area the community the store is the specific location of the store is in. Yep. When we talk about local, it's for us. It's Maryland, D.C., Virginia, and Delaware. Those are the areas we operate in. Many times that's the store um, that's sits in the middle of the growing region, but we will take uh, products, corn from Delaware or from the Eastern shore of Maryland. And you'll see that in our, our Virginia markets. And this really is, it's a very um, relatively small geographic area. When you look at the, the, our market area, yeah, uh, it's, it's very populated, but it allows us, people talk about the DMV and the DMV really is, is this area. It's Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. And we all kind of sit around the DC um, metro area. And so it is, it feels like one community, even though it's, it's state to state, you will find in this area, there's certainly state pride. Um, but you'll find in this area, a lot of interplay between, you know, Maryland, Virginia, Delaware, people travel, we have, you know, families all over the, the area. Um, but again, for us, it's really this, that DMV um, total area that we use as part of our, our local can you talk about how each store or region has um, a very specific diversified selection? Yeah, and typically, um, you know, as far as the selection goes, again, the eastern shore of Maryland is, is a big growing region. Central Virginia is also a big growing region. So you'll see those products like we'll, we'll take products from Central Virginia. You'll find them in all of our stores. Um, we'll take products from the eastern shore of Maryland or Delaware, and you'll find those in all of our stores. But it's particularly relevant, um, you know, in, in Delaware, where our stores 
sit right in the middle of these growing regions. You'll drive by the farms in many cases to our stores and you'll find in, in those stores specifically a really nice presentation, um, you know, full signage. And I think you brought up the, you know, the, the farmer stories and, you know, it's not just stories. It's just a, it's, it really is again, that connection to, Hey, you know what, you know, these farmers, they're right here in your community. They're growing products that you're about to purchase and enjoy. Uh, so we really play it up um, in those stores where the, where the products are physically grown. Um, and they're certainly asked for our customers look for those items um, while they're shopping in our stores. So it, it's very symbiotic. Um, and we, we do our best to, you know, to, to specify in individual stores. Again, it's, it's challenging because we have, you know, hundreds of stores um, and we treat it as, as really one growing region, but we certainly give it um, a big highlight in the stores that are in close proximity to where the products are grown. So I know Eastern Shore, Maryland is known for crabs, but what produce, I mean, I, I've seen lots of corn and corn. Yes. I mean, uh, probably the world's best corn, corn, um, tomatoes, squash, melons, fantastic watermelons uh, come from that Delaware and Eastern Shore, Maryland growing region. And then when you get down to Central Virginia, you get more of the vegetables, uh, a lot of our, our lettuces and packaged salads. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, the Eastern Shore for, to me, and I've, I've grown up in the Maryland area, I've lived here my whole life, um, corn, second to none, uh, melons, the, the sweetest, juiciest, plumpest melons you'll find. Um, they're right here in our backyard. Yeah, I have family uh, from Eastern Shore, Maryland, and grew, grew up spending summers there. So I have childhood memories of running through cornfields and stuff like that. So. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how the you know this time of year, and it, it you get one little sprinkling of rain, and it seems like the corn doubles in size, and it's just sweet and plump. And I just it it's man, I'm getting hungry just talking about it. And we had lima beans and yep. Everything. Yeah. Yep. Green beans, lima beans, cucumbers. Yeah. It's uh, just about um, everything. When I think of summer, those are the things I think of primarily corn and melons, but fresh tomatoes. I, I love fresh local tomatoes. It's I can eat them like apples, uh, cucumbers, squash, all of it's fantastic. Yeah. You're like, well, it's like botanically a fruit. So let's eat yep, it. Technically, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I love getting specific about the actual food and talking about it as food. I know where this is a business, but it's also delicious, delicious food. Absolutely. So, uh, so um, oh, floral. We haven't really, what's, what's, I don't know a whole lot about the floral. Do you? Yeah. Uh, floral, uh, you know, to me, we, we talked about produce kind of being the linchpin of, of the store and of the business, but floral is our calling card. I mean, I always say that you know, our floral apartments are right at our front door. So you'll see it when you walk in the store and we use it to set the tone. I mean, it, it is, um, we have some really neat programs out there. We have a program called color collection, which um, changes thematically um, every several weeks. So we give a really kind of a fresh flower shop approach and we do business with a number of local vendors. Um, and we're looking to expand that, but um, we, we use Katakton, we use whites, uh, for a lot of our potted products. So we get into um, fall mums. Uh, all of our spring season items are are coming in from local suppliers and we are deepening those relationships. We've continued to, to really work on those partnerships. And we're at the point now where we're in 
in conversations of, you know, way out in front of it. We, we want these items planted for us um, so that we can supply our customers with, with all local flowers and, and potted plants. Oh, that gets me into uh, one of my questions was, if you said you're getting into the talking about the making sure certain things are planted specifically for giant food. Um, I was thinking of other, tell me about any, any of the ways that giant food is getting into farming itself, like even like making partnerships like early on with farmers as they're, you know, figuring out what to plant. But, uh, um, also, I've heard of things like beehives on sites of, of retailers or growing mushrooms in the store or even vertical farming or in a DC like dis- distribution center partnerships with indoor growers or, or some kind of partnerships with regenerative agriculture, just like anything. Like oh boy, Amy, you're you're getting deep now. You're getting into my wheelhouse. This is um, what <laughs> we have some really neat partnerships, and I, and I can talk about um, one in particular, which is Bowery Farming. And Bowery is mm. is a pretty unique model. You know, they came to us with this sort of um, very different approach to the business of um, urban agriculture and taking over warehouses and doing vertical farming and a, and a, a new brand of vertical farming. A lot of technology and super high quality product. Um, so that was a really exciting partnership that we established very early on. And, you know, we're still growing that partnership. Bowery is continuing to look for new opportunities and to develop and evolve. Uh, Bright Farms, similar model. Rosetta, we have many local suppliers that we really engage in very early on. Uh, and I'm a, a true believer in partnerships, like, you know, not the misused type of partnership, but the true partnership. And I think that's an area, certainly an area of opportunity for us going forward. When you talk about the, you know, the wild and crazy stuff, like how how close can we get local? How sustainable can we make this? You know, I have a vision of of greenhouses on our rooftops, you know, of, of yeah. rooftop farms on our stores. And, you know, certainly there's challenges there, you know, not just physically with the facility, um, but food safety and who's going to do what's and how that looks. But if we're really going to tackle this and we're going to take advantage of, you know, 60,000 square feet of roof um, that gets sunshine, you know, 250 days of the year. Yeah. Uh, to me, you know, those types of opportunities are are real, not only fun to think about, but they're real. And how cool would that be to, you know, have a customer say, well, where were these tomatoes grown? And you could say well, they're on the roof, like <laughs> really local, like right upstairs. Um, we know there's there's indoor herb farms. There's a number of things that we're looking at. It's challenging because it it requires floor space. And and my goal is to look for space that's already there that's not being utilized for food um, because it it's you know it's just sitting there basically doing nothing other than protecting the box. So would we get there eventually? I, I hope so. Are there immediate plans? No. Um, but I I love the I love the question. I love the thought that it inspires you know, how, where can we take this? Like, what are the opportunities? And honestly, they're endless. I mean, stuff will grow just about anywhere. If you have light and water, it will grow. So it's, how do we leverage that and make it not only um, doable, feasible, but make it appealing uh, so that our customers understand what we're trying to do and, you know, why it's important. Any other things that you think are important that could help other people in the industry 
Whether oh, probably probably a million. <laughs> no, I, I you know I talked early on. To me, it's about people. It's it's the people that we employ in our stores. It's the the team that we've assembled for produce because produce is a is a challenging business and it's a fun business. But it's it's the challenges in produce are unique. Um, they're different than any other department in the store. Same for floral. You know, it's stuff that grows in the ground for the most part. Um, it's it's volatile. It's finicky. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's awesome, man, when you get it right, I think you have to have people that are just, just passionate about it. Like, I mean, to your point, this isn't about a grocery store. It's about food. It's about what people eat and, and what kind of enjoyment they can get out of that. And that's very meaningful to me. And I, I try and instill that in others. Um, and we have, I think people really are, are coming closer to their food. They're starting to really understand what what food means and and the importance beyond just sustenance so to me it's it's really about people and passion uh and then ultimately you can get into the other p's you know product and placement pricing and all that fun stuff but yeah yeah okay um maybe my final question on that note um can you think of any fruit or vegetable either dish or just the item itself that you've eaten recently or like how have you enjoyed uh oh. your <laughs> meals Boy, that's another one there are probably many but i again i love love local fresh tomatoes hmm. um and to me that's summer i love watermelons as well but for to me um a tomato like i'll eat you know i'm old school um maryland i will eat a tomato sandwich i'll do a thick slice oh. or three on toast. Um, and in fact, that's what I had for breakfast this morning. <laughs> oh, like you have the bread and the tomato. Do you yep. toast the tomato or that's just raw on the Nope. To I just, just toast the bread occasionally a little bit of mayo, but oftentimes no. Um, you know, you can make a, a wonderful BLT if you, if you like bacon or if you could just do a BT, which is, you know, skip the lettuce. But, um, I just, I, again, I love tomatoes. I will, I will eat them like an apple. I'll slice them. Uh, and this time of year, I mean, they're so sweet and flavorful and colorful. It's just, oh, uh, yeah. that's the height of summer for me. There's no comparison to a really, really good local in season tomato. Um, I agree. That's an eating experience. Even if, you know, people are like, oh, I don't like tomatoes. I'm like, well, you may want to, may want to try, try a local tomato one time <laughs> because it's so different and uh, oh, yeah, it's wonderful. Great. Well, this was fun and I think insightful. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I appreciate the time. <laughs>